Hello and welcome to the Bloomberg Tech Disruptors podcast hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence. In this podcast series, we talk with CEOs and management teams about their views on disruption and how it's driving their decision making and strategy. My name is Mandeep and with me today is Dipul Senha, CEO of Rubric Software. Dipul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mandeep, for the opportunity. So, look, I mean, even though, you know, you guys aren't public and you've had, you know, companies like CrowdStrike and Sentinel on the podcast, curious to know, you know, about your background. How did you start this company? Who are the main backers? Just so that everyone knows what you guys are all about. So, first of all, again, thank you so much for this opportunity, Mandeep. As you know, Rubrik is a new kind of cybersecurity company. And we, our mission is to secure the world's data. As you know, ransomware and data security is, is one of the largest problems of our economy today. And we are completely focused on preventing and recovering our customers and partners from, from ransomware. My own background is I'm an engineer turned venture capitalist turned entrepreneur. And I have an undergrad degree in EE and an MBA from Wharton. And this journey really has taught me how to think about business, how to think about markets, how to position market, a new product into market. And that's what we are doing here. We are helping, again, our customers protect and recover from ransomware. So we've been covering the cybersecurity industry for a long time. And before, you know, cloud came on the scene, every couple of years, you had a new company that would go public and, you know, suddenly everyone would think about deploying them because it uh, is addressing a new vector, uh, like ransomware attack is a perfect example. Everyone was worried about ransomware attacks, but probably the frequency of those attacks or the number of times we hear about ransomware attacks has been going down. And there will be something new. So curious from your perspective, what is it that, you know, you guys are trying to solve for? Is it specifically the ransomware attacks or your product will evolve with the new threat vectors that emerge on the scene? So we are focused on data security and ransomware is one instance of data security challenge. And as the digitization happens more and more, and as most more and more of our personal professional data is captured by applications, the surface area of attack and the lucrativeness of attack is increasing. So again, data security is going to be a challenge for a long time to come. Ransomware is one instance of data security. But let's take a step back and think about what has happened in cybersecurity industry in the last 30, 40 years. Cybersecurity industry in the last couple of decades has been focused on infrastructure security around prevention of attack, detection of attack, as well as investigation of attack. But organizations, even after buying 2030 tools of infrastructure security, still find themselves vulnerable and attacks are happening every day. Why is that? It is because attacks have gone from technological issue to a psychological issue. They are exploiting human vulnerability and getting in. So just preventing, detecting, and investigation of attack is not enough. Or maybe we can get a little technical here. Like, what is it that you guys are doing which a CrowdStrike or a Sentinel is not offering? We are a complementary product and technology. 
businesses need the classic infrastructure security around network security, endpoint security, logging, SIMs, but they also need data security to provide fundamental business resilience. Because we know that the infrastructure security is not 100% able to prevent all the breaches. So when the breach comes in, how do you detect where it gone into your data and how do you recover so that you can get back into the business? So our focus is on data security, which is the other side of the cybersecurity coin. So you're saying that whatever data security an Amazon or a Microsoft is giving or an Oracle database is giving is not good enough to keep the data secure in their cloud or in the on-premise environment. And they would need to install you guys or companies would need to use your solution to make sure that the data doesn't get compromised. It is a shared responsibility model. So the platforms are providing basic set of capabilities to make sure that right user have the right access. But as we all know, the identity compromise, credential compromise, is a very important vector of attack. And what bad guys are doing is they're actually attacking and locking your data or wiping your data or somewhere or stealing the data. So you need to have a comprehensive data security strategy in addition to the platform level protection. And that's what we are focused on. In fact, we are partnering with Microsoft on Azure platform to drive data security. And essentially, Platform is providing cloud security and we are providing data security. And the combination of the two is the end-to-end security. So is there an agent involved in your product or is it's agentless? We are API-based and, and we are delivering data security based on like a standard way to capture data, to protect data, and to drive fundamental intelligence from data by applying machine learning, artificial intelligence. I mean, maybe keep, you know, mentioning names because we cover all these companies. So how about a Snowflake? Like, where would you interface with Snowflake if, let's say, a company has a stack where they're using public cloud and they're using Snowflake as a data warehouse? Where would you guys come in? Our, look, the way we drive our services is we're telling our customers to use Cloud data repositories, which is RDS, which could be other databases or the compute environment, which could be virtual machine in the cloud. But all of these data repositories and the virtual machine data we protect. So we make sure that we have a time series history of the data and as the data evolves. And if there is an attack by a cyber adversary, we actually helping our customers recover exactly the data that got impacted. And that's where you need to understand how far data attack went. You need to understand was there a sensitive content that was involved. You have to, we have to understand was the malware in your data stream so that upon recovery, are you getting reinfected or not? So this is like a comprehensive data security platform for all cloud workloads, all on-premises workloads, SaaS workloads. And you have to have a policy-driven platform so that you can uniformly and consistently apply these policies and secure your data. Okay, so in terms of how you go about deploying your product, maybe you can help us understand, you know, the typical deployment times. And then once your product is deployed, are you using a subscription model, a consumption model, anything around the business model would be? So we actually sell our customers Rubrik Security Cloud. 
which is a central cloud-based service to secure the data everywhere, whether the data lives in the enterprise or cloud or SaaS. And depending upon the location, we actually give you the hooks to actually ability to capture data and secure data. And in terms of our service, the Rubik Security Cloud is a subscription-based service, and we sell subscription based on the data that we are securing. So if a company uses, or I guess one of the things that we are finding more and more is the amount of data keeps doubling every two, three years. And so would that mean that, you know, you say that a customer would also keep going up or you're charging by a different model? Is it like the CPU instances or you mentioned workload? Curious if you can elaborate a little bit on that. We are a data security company. So we are actually, our model is based on data growth, but we actually create provisions so that we make sure that the customers have predictable cost model, predictable ability to secure their data. One thing that you have to realize is that for data security, day one, you have to go secure all your data. So it's not like a traditional processing model where you process more data every day. Security is that on day one, you have to go secure all your data. And then as the data grows, as the new applications come online, then then the, the growth happens. Got it. Maybe we can switch to who your main backers are. And at this point of time, again, my sense is you guys are pretty big in terms of the ARR. So any plans to go public? We are backed by venture capitalists, including Lightspeed Venture Partners, Greylock, IVP, Bain Capital, Kosla Ventures. And our board constitutes of luminaries and uh, and pioneers of data of cybersecurity, such as John Thompson, who was CEO of Subsemantic and chairman of Microsoft board. We have Ashim Chandana, who is a top venture capitalist in cybersecurity. In fact, uh, Palo Alto Network started from his office. So we have like a, a pretty deep bench in terms of folks who have built large scale companies. In fact, one of our first investors is Frank Slutman, who is the CEO of, of Snowflake. So we have like really focused on building a long lasting enduring institution. In terms of where the company is, we have crossed $400 million in terms of the subscription ARR, and that is growing over 100% year over year. Our NRR is also over 140%. And we have publicly announced over 4,500 customers, including a large bank such as Citibank and, and Bank of Montreal, plus large retailers such as the Home Depot. Again, other companies, large companies such as Estee Lauder, our Google customers, Pfizer and others. So would it be fair to say that you guys are more a large enterprise focused or is it across the board? You have a high SMB exposure as well. We are mid to large enterprise focused. Okay. And so for a product like this, I definitely see the value and your metrics clearly illustrate, you know, you've had a very good traction with the enterprise uptake. But curious, like, how do you go from being a one product company to being like a snowflake, for example, which has really expanded and curious if there is a vision or is it too early in your growth stage to start thinking about JCNCs? 
we are a platform company. So if you look at our product suite, we are covering a large surface area. So, and we have like four distinct ways for our customers to start with Rubrik. So our customers can start with Rubrik by protecting their Microsoft 365 environment. Our customers can start with Rubrik by protecting their unstructured data, whether the data coming out of AI ML system, coming out of files and other places. Our customer can start with Rubrik with our core Rubrik Security Cloud platform for all of their mission critical data. So there are multiple ways that our customers can adopt Rubrik. So we are a multi-product company even today. And that's what is driving the Rubrik's uh, NRR, as, as you can see, about 140%. And we are also looking at the adjacencies. I mean, Rubrik sits at the intersection of the two mega trends, which is data and security. And we have the unique opportunity to apply machine learning and artificial intelligence on the core business data to drive security intelligence, as opposed to doing it on syslog and machine log to infer data attacks. So we have a unique vantage point around data and security. And as you can imagine, if you don't have trust and, and integrity in your data, all the investments that folks are making to business intelligence around BI stack or AI ML stack is of no use if the data fundamentally doesn't have trust and integrity. So who do you consider as your top competitors? Our competition come in like many different buckets. We have competition which are older companies who have been around 20, 30 years, such as EMC, Veritas, and others. Then the second bucket of companies are our infrastructure storage-focused companies. Even the newer companies that have started in our space have taken an infrastructure storage approach. We have taken a very different approach. We built a brand new software focused on data security and driving artificial intelligence and machine learning to derive security intelligence from, from data from a zero trust principle. So we have a unique kind of architecture, unique vantage point in terms of our focus on data security, and that's what is driving our business. When you or your sales force goes through a typical sales cycle, like are they asked to show some efficacy metrics to just to show, you know, why a company needs to spend their dollars on deploying your product as opposed to a competing product and wondering if there is an efficacy metric that you cite to them. Definitely, I mean, we do to proof of value uh, exercise with our many of our customers, but this is at the highest level, our value proposition. Companies are already spending significant amount of money on backup and recovery tools and technology, but the backup and recovery tools and technologies were built for natural disaster or human error, not built for cyber disasters, such as data security issues, such as ransomware. So what we are doing is we are replacing the legacy backup recovery with a modern data security platform. So we are not creating a net new spend. We are redirecting spend onto the data security platform, which not only drives the classic operational failure or nat natural disaster, but also focused on cyber resiliency, cyber disaster, ransomware is an example of kind of attack that we help our customers against. And what is also happening is that the number of ransomware attacks continues to, to be like at high pace. Once every 11 seconds, there is a ransomware attack. We are not seeing big news about a big ransomware attack, but that doesn't mean that ransomware has gone. And it is also morphing and transforming into other kinds of data security attacks. 
would it be fair to say that you offer an alternative to a box or a Dropbox, which were document storage on the cloud? No, we are not alternative to box and Dropbox. We are securing user content. We are not a sharing device. Okay. So more along the lines of what a Seagate or a NetApp and the storage guys are doing on-prem. Not, not even that, because we are not like a storage company. We are not providing like a storage residency, things like that. Think of us as like a data security layer that protects you from data I mean, security. But, but I, I, and look, I follow pretty much every cloud company. So when I look at Zscaler or an Okta, they're also giving clients a proxy so that, you know, they are the first kind of URL that gets hit and then they channel the traffic and, you know, they would argue they help with data security as well, along with driving access to the apps. And so curious if that's how you look at the space or you think Okta or Zscaler doesn't even cater to data security at all. See, the way to think about data security is think about your house. You keep your windows and doors closed and alarm on to make sure nobody breaks in. And so all the infrastructure security companies, including Zscale and others, are preventing bad things from happening, things from getting in. But you also need to buy a smart safe box so that just in case somebody gets in, which people are getting in, so that you can protect your crown jewel. So that's how I describe it. What so about CyberArk? Would, would they be similar in terms of... All of the infrastructure security companies think of this as setting alarm and closing doors and windows. Okay. And we are setting, protecting your crown jewel as a smart safe box. Mm. Okay. I mean, on-premise side, there were a few database security companies. I remember Imperva was a company that Tomo Bravo bought, and this is going back a few years, and they were focused more on data security. But clearly, it wasn't a cloud-based product, and so see where you guys are coming from in terms of potentially addressing a market gap when it comes to data security. But more what I want to tell you is, mm -hmm. is traditionally folks didn't pay attention to data security because they assume that if you can prevent and detect attacks, assume that the data will be secure because we are protecting things around it. But as the cyber attacks have shown, as ransomware has shown, that just Protecting barriers around it is not foolproof. So you have to really go after protecting the conjure. So your moat in this space is you have a proprietary AI algorithm that gets better over time. Like, how would you describe your product to a CIO? So the most important thing we do is to actually ensure that we have a zero trust a platform that, that your data and all its history is protected. And we assume that all else is compromised and you cannot interact with your data unless you are fully authenticated. So that's like the core platform. And then we actually apply machine learning artificial intelligence to, to find out if the ransomware attack happened on the production, how far it went, which files, which server got, got impacted so that you can do surgical recovery. We'll also tell you if there is a sensitive content, your IP, your customer name was impacted so that you don't have a double extortion risk or risk around selling information on dark web. And then we also tell you 
whether malware entered your data stream so that you can actually quarantine malware and not recover malware because if you recover malware then you are in a circle because you get reinfected so this is like again a data threat engine that we have built on top of our data management data security platform to drive end-to-end data security so when you are deploying your product at a new customer do you need a certain kind of set of people to deploy it or a company can get it up and running within a day or two Traditionally, in our space, when people deployed backup and recovery, it took like 90 days to 180 days because this is like core to how you run your operations. And Rubik brought in a policy-driven management platform that automated a lot of those functions. So we have brought the deployment time from weeks and months into, into days and hours. And that has been one of the biggest selling points for Rubrik, and that is what led to our fast growth. And out of the 4,500 customers, is there a particular vertical that you are focused on? You mentioned Citibank and some retailers. So is that like the core focus or is it more broader? See, data security is everybody's problem. Any business of any application and data requires data security from the largest bank to your local city government or, or local school. And we have like, customers in every possible vertical because this is a new universal problem. But don't you have to build integrations with a different, you know, products that a company is using in their stack? Some of them may be very proprietary. Even for authentication, I know companies that use very, you know, proprietary set of tools. So like, don't you have to build those integrations before they can start using your product? We have built a numerous integration from enterprise workload tools to cloud workloads tools to SaaS workload tools. We have been at for last almost nine years building and expanding on our product. So it is, that's why I'm saying this is a platform play with deep integration into numerous applications and workloads. But I still go back to my original question is why do you think Snowflake can't build this tomorrow if they want to expand in this market, they want to do more security? They're in a perfect position to do something like this. So if you think about it, Snowflake is one data repository the customer is using. They are also using Oracle database. They may also be using other AWS tool or Azure tool or Azure SQL. They may also have Microsoft 365. And an esoteric solution by each vendor creates isolation and management and, and security risk. Yeah, you need like a that, that, policy that, and, that, and that was Snowflake's pitch as well. They said, we are addressing multi-cloud. We don't want you to get logged in with an AWS or an Azure. So we are helping you solve for multi-cloud. And you're saying you're helping solve for multi-repositories. Yes, because yeah. Snowflake is one work data repository, right? There are other transactional data repositories, other file repositories, other workload repositories. Some people were saying that there's north of 60 different kind of persistent repositories just on AWS. Yeah. Uh, so this is a universally large problem. And folks see what happens is that when you have a platform with policy-driven engine that uniformly applies security policies across all your repositories, then you can have peace of mind that there's not patchwork of different things that you are doing. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I've heard this pitch from ServiceNow, from Snowflake, tell you like they're not a security company, but they have this module 
that does like ServiceNow, they also talk about security and they basically are solving for that exact problem where they want to be that center that can pull data and make sure. And, and even though, you know, they're solving for something different in terms of their exact use. But yeah, that, that every uh, SaaS company out there has a security module. And we've always wondered, like, how can they be a security company? And then they try to make that connection that they're solving for security in in their particular application where they see data from multiple applications. So, I mean, look, Snowflake and ServiceNow are great companies and they do great work for their customers. And we also aspire to be like Snowflake, like ServiceNow, because what they have created as a platform that drives multiple services to their end customer. Our focus is on data security and to every customer that has data anywhere, whether it's an enterprise, cloud and SaaS, we want to drive policy driven data security. Got it. Okay, so on to the final kind of five minutes and I'd like to use a rapid fire format so you you don't have to give, you know, lengthy answers, but I'll just go over, you know, a few set of questions that I have prepared. So how long will the elevated cybersecurity spending cycle last? Uh, I, I would say never, because as long as there are digital services, there will always be cyber attacks. And our life is, is getting more and more digital. Okay. What is one technology or trend that you are most excited about over the next two years? I feel that machine learning artificial intelligence is the seminal technology today. And application of machine learning and artificial intelligence on actual business data to drive security intelligence is a perfect use case because cybersecurity has gone beyond human comprehension. Okay. And what sort of proprietary data have you curated for, you mentioned machine learning and AI, like, is there a specific data set or like size of training data that you have curated, which you think gives you an edge and a new competitor won't be able to replicate that? Look, we have 4,500 customers. We have recovered hundreds of customers from ransomware attacks. And we are seeing like how attacks propagate, how it impacts the data. What are the different different modalities of, of these things? We have also started Zero Labs, which is our data threat research. So obviously, I mean, we have a lot of expertise and, and data around this. And based on it, we actually started a ransomware recovery warranty program that has been very popular. Got it. What go wrong with your assumptions about growth in this market? I mean, we are a data security company. We are help businesses protect their data. And as long as there are criminals and as long as the data is captured by these applications, it will be forever. I don't think anything changes in terms of our prospects. Okay. And lastly, when are you going public? Look, I have a strong belief that the long lasting companies are public companies and we will go public one day. But right now we are doing heads down, building our business and we are leaving to the market, to the experts and the market is ready and we are ready when we are a public company. Okay. Well, I'll squeeze one more in. So is there a talent shortage that you are facing in terms of hiring? Obviously every company wants more engineers, more high quality engineers. But so far we have been very fortunate to have a very high density talent that we are able to retain. And we are also hiring 
very high quality talent on a daily basis. All right, Dipal, thank you so much. It's been fun having you on the podcast. Wish you and your company all the success. And thank you to our listeners for listening. This episode will be available on the Bloomberg Terminal and all the major app stores. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at bi underscore tmt at bloomberg.net.